live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 419. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Happy belated Mother's Day to all of us who do not have children. <laughs> Laura, did uh, you go and celebrate with your mother? I did. I actually Aww. cooked for her. Aw. I asked her what she wanted for dinner, and I made that thing. So, Pam, did you celebrate? I did. My brother and I took my mom out to this really awesome restaurant out here in Sonoma County. Had some nice wine, had some Ooh. good eats. We oh, even cool. sprung for dessert. She was really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> sprung for dessert. <laughs> good for you. So sweet. I I mean, I, I live far away from my mother, so I didn't. But I did call her because that's what you're supposed to do. And my God, social media feeds are just clogged with posts. I, it, 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 it's too much. Everybody needs to... I hate to say it, but can we can we just not do it on Facebook and Instagram? Everybody thinks they have the best mother, the sweetest mother. Wow. I probably look like a terrible child because my mom doesn't like her photo on the internet. So, like, I never post about my parents. Oh, really? Like, ever. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She just doesn't want, like, her face out there. And I get it. You know, she, like, works at a bank. They're very, like, traditional old school. It's, like... Yeah, she just doesn't want it. So she's like the mysterious Mama G. Mm, okay, then. Andrew, I think you're being a bit of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> In this era of fake news and political anger, it was kind of nice to have a news feed of people uh, talking about how much they love their mothers. I guess. I, I guess. And that's what Facebook's promising now, right? More, more from the people you care about. Yeah, Unless we'll see about that. Accounts. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, we should also give a special shout out for, you know, for everybody for whom Mother's Day is not necessarily an easy day. Um, people who might have strained relationships with their mothers, people whose mothers may have passed on, um, mothers who may have lost children or who don't have children. Shout yeah. out to y'all as well, because I know that's not an easy day. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have a funny story to share with everybody. I follow this venue in Chicago that does trivia nights. And b- because I had gone there to do a Harry Potter trivia night once. And um, I'm looking at their upcoming events a few days ago. <laughs> and I see one called Millennial Trivia. Okay, not a surprise. But I do a double take. Their fucking event photo is our logo. <laughs> like, like, what is this bullshit? So I go and paste it in our Facebook group to share with fellow millennial listeners. And the listeners really came together. They started trolling the shit out of this event. <laughs> For example, Fanny wrote on the event page. Keep in mind, this is a... Trivia night called Millennial Trivia happening in Chicago, but it has our logo on it. And I think what happened was they just Google image search Millennial, and our podcast logo shows up, which is actually kind of cool. But I think that's how they ripped it. So uh, Fanny wrote in in their event, will Simming Mugs be available to purchase? (laughs) 
Brandy wrote, I heard this trivia contest might be supplying a complimentary donut to each participant. Is that true? What kind? (laughs) Gigi wrote, will the trivia just be on the current show or will trivia from Imprint, Smart Mouths, and MuggleCast be included as well? (laughs) We have amazing listeners. But have they written back to anybody or are they just like letting it happen? That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 20 fucking trolling posts in this thing now. Oh, man. <laughs> Will there be questions about topics from Landy? Are Elisa and Laura finally having a surprise wedding to marry each other? I need to know for outfit planning purposes. <laughs> Can you just imagine who's looking at this event and it's like, what the fuck are what these? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of inspired me. Um, I thought we should do some millennial trivia here on the show. Do our own millennial trivia. And what we're going to do is call one of our listeners in the surprise bitch list. And lo and behold, it's actually one of our listeners here in Chicago, uh, Austin. And I met her a couple weeks ago to help her set up her own podcast. Not a couple weeks, a couple months ago. Hello. Hey, Austin. This is Austin. Hey, it's Millennial. Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. Oh, my God. Hi, guys. Hi. Maybe less of a surprise since we hung out a few months ago. (laughs) We did hang out a few months ago. It's kind of actually a surprise. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like Mitt. I will tell you what I'm doing right now. I was like literally Mitt's roasting a pepper over an open flame. Oh, gosh. Um, Do you have some time? Don't worry. Turn the gas off. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have some time for millennial trivia? Because I don't know if you've heard, but a place here in Chicago called Joe's on Weed is hosting millennial trivia with our logo, but we're taking it back and what? hosting our own. Yeah. Are you in the Facebook group? No. Oh, oh you got to get on that. Girl. Forgive. I'm, I know. I got to get like in the loop. I'm not a Facebooker. Oh. Like, I'm just oh. not a Facebooker. Oh, well, God bless you. No, no, uh. I mean, in light of recent events, like, I don't even know why I still have a page, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's play uh, some millennial trivia. Here we go. All right. I'm ready. I'm your host, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, Austin. And uh, our lovely uh, letter turners, Laura and Pam, are also here. Hello, ladies. Hello. (laughs) Why do we have to be letter turners just because we're women? Yes. true. I like to reinforce gender stereotypes. Why does this not surprise me? (laughs) Austin, when somebody tells you I'm dying, what do they mean? Is it A, they're really dying, B, they're laughing hard, or C, they think they need to call 911? They're laughing hard. That's absolutely right. Ah, nailed it. Are you, do you ever find, do you ever use that phrase, I'm dying? I use that phrase all the time, often accompanied by, like, the skull emoji. Yes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and by the way, uh, I forgot to explain today's prize. If you uh, get Ooh. five answers correct, you will receive a free month on Patreon. So, high stakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stakes got higher. <laughs> what does it mean to be extra? A, boring. B, someone who orders extra everything, or C, dramatic? C, dramatic. Oh, that's right. You're a true millennial. How old are you, if you don't mind? I feel like I am. I am going to be 28 in two weeks. Okay. Two questions right. Doing good. Uh, Next question. What does it mean to be woke? Is it A, 
they're very informed and aware. B, they're too awake. Or C, they just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) A, they're very informed and aware. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Next question. This one's going to be harder. I didn't know this until my cousins explained it to me. What is a Finsta? Is it A, a new app? Is it B, a type of Instagram account? Or C, a nickname for Katy Perry's left shark? (laughs) It's a type of Instagram account. And this is not something I partake in. It's very weird, but they're like fake Instas, right? Yeah, that's right. Is that what Finsta? Like it's a fake Insta. Yeah, what it is is uh, it's at least my little cousins. They're like, I don't know. 14 15 they have these to post the stuff that they don't that they don't want their parents to see mm-hmm. so they get more you know they're more truthful more dramatic does anyone here have a finsta no i i feel like it's that's more of a a gen z thing that would take so much time yeah too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so much time i don't have <laughs> All right, next question. What does Bay stand for? Before anyone else? Before all Earths? Before all Earths? Or C, before Andrew Eats? Oh, my God. I wish it was before Andrew Eats, but we're going to go with A, before anyone else. Yeah, that's right. Damn, these are... These might be too easy. I'm reading that... I wrote these answers myself, and I'm wondering what I really meant when I wrote before all Earths. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know. Can we get a definition on that one? Yeah, I, I maybe it's know. like a, like a before common era, before all Earths. Yeah, right. Uh, next one. What does it mean to stand something? Is it a standing still? Wait, wait, to wait to what? To stand, s t a n something, s t a n something. Okay. Is it a standing still for a million photos? B obsessing over someone, or C specifically loving Stan Lee? I'm gonna go with. B? Yeah, that's right. We're too sure about okay, that. Okay, that's one. the only one I legit. Th- I've never heard that expression before ever. Oh, it's more yeah. of a f- fandom thing. Yeah, I've you haven't never heard the that. depths of Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, got actually it, inspired it. by uh, Eminem's "Stan," which is a song about a uh, superfan. Oh, so. okay. Oh, adds up then. Uh, and then final question: What okay. does the term "benching" mean? Is it A, a person who regularly avoids hanging out, B, a person who dumps you and picks you back up regularly, or C, a person who mysteriously disappears from a dating app? It's B, it's when they dump you and pick you back up. Yes, yes. Speaking from personal experience, I take it? As someone who has been an app dater in recent months, I have questioned like certain people. I'm like, am I being benched? Is that what's going on? Or why are we still talking? <laughs> I didn't know that one until we spoke about it on the show a while ago. It's so ridiculous and sad. but It's a real uh, thing that happened. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You did well. I, you got them all correct. Thank so, you. Uh, you are a true millennial. You should go to this millennial trivia happening August 1st at Joe's on Weed. And I'll let them know that, about the copyright infringement. On yeah. the logo. <laughs> yes, thank you. Tell them uh, <laughs> our lawyers are coming after their events. All right. Well, that's all we got for you. Thanks for your support. I loved it. Thanks for letting me like come in on a guest, like come in hot on trivia. Hey, and no problem. Pam, loving you being on the show, new host. 
You have like a voice made for podcasting, so. Oh, thanks. Yes, she does. Why are you dating? <laughs> why Why are you dating? You can uh, we can set you up with Pam Austin. Oh my God, <laughs> Pam and I. I don't know. What would our ship name be? Pamston. See, these are the important Pam-ton. questions. Pamston. Pamston. I like Pamston better. Pamston. Pamston. Austin. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll let you go. Enjoy your dinner. Thank you. You guys have a good night. All All my love to you too, Laura. (laughs) Oh, I love you too. All right. Have a good one, guys. You too. All right. (laughs) That's how we play Millennial Trivia. And we have a winner. Congrats to Austin. Free month of Patreon. So I'm not going to lie. When you said we were playing Millennial Trivia, I legit thought you were coming up with trivia questions about the show oh i did too and i was like andrew this seems really (laughs) unnecessarily difficult narcissistic like i don't expect anyone to remember some shit that happened (laughs) two seasons ago and i wasn't about to go dig into three years of show data to come up with questions (laughs) no i I was doing you know millennial trivia like the the joe's on weed is going to be doing in a couple months yeah yeah I think we should go for that. I think that the show should send us out there and okay. we should go to Millennial Trivia and we should ask trivia questions about the show. Yeah. And see how well the audience knows us. You know My guess correct? is not at all. <laughs> right. You don't. Oh, oh, and we wear like our millennial, t- millennial T-shirts to it. <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's our podcast. Please check it out. You know what cracks me up, though? Like, what are the chances of that? Like, like that somebody in the town I live in, at a place where I've gone to do trivia, took our podcast logo, and I came across it. It's so weird. So we, uh, those of you who have been following the show for a while, know that we like surveys here at Millennial, um, and we tend to put out periodic surveys about our Patreon to see what we can do better for our current patrons and what we could possibly do better to make the rest of you maybe want to become patrons. Um, So we've got a new survey for 2018 and it is available now over at patreon.com slash millennial for our current patrons. It's also going to be posted on our website, millennialshow.com for everyone else. And we'll also provide a link to it in our Facebook group. So please, please, please take the survey. We love data. Uh, We also really want you to be candid with us. So in those paragraph response sections, please tell us what you actually think. Yeah. We we want to create something that you love and that you're Mm -hmm. happy to pledge on and and that you want to keep pledging on for as long as possible. And we want to keep giving you the best show possible. So Mm -hmm. help us out. By the way, I hope you don't mind that I gave away $5 of our money just now during that game. I didn't ask for permission. I just did it. Oh, I just assumed you were giving away $5 of your money. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I, reali- I just realized while you were talking, I should have let you all know about that. But oh, well. Um, here's something I'm happy to let everybody know about. A few weeks ago, we spoke about this device called the Gray Key that was picking up popularity in the law enforcement community where uh anyone who buys this thing this box it's several thousand dollars but you can buy this box 
and plug it into an iPhone, and it'll keep trying to guess the password until it gets it correctly. And depending on the length of your password, um, it can do it within a week, week or two. Of course, the longer the password you have, the better. Um, And one question we had was, well, is Apple aware of this? Because this doesn't seem like something they should be allowing. And um, we now know what they are doing to combat this. Uh, There's a new beta out of iOS 11.4, and it introduces what I think is a very clever new security feature that prevents the lightning port from being used for anything other than charging if it hasn't been unlocked in seven days. So, in other words, if you lose your phone or it's stolen and no one successfully unlocks it for seven days, you won't be able to plug it in to do anything other than charge it. And this means a box like GreyKey won't be able to use the lightning port. Um, it's not clear, though, how Apple intends to allow you to use the port again. Maybe you'll have to take it to a store and prove it's yours or something like that. But it seems like they're responding pretty quickly to this. And obviously, we all unlock our phones multiple times a day. So we won't accidentally, unless you like go away for a week and you don't open your phone uh, at all, you should be okay. Yeah, I think this is pretty brilliant. And I'm not surprised that they've done it because when we originally talked about, um, what is this called? The gray key? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we originally talked about that a few weeks ago, I was like, Apple's going to have to release some kind of patch to stop this from happening because yeah. it's literally a backdoor into the phone. Um, I will say probably the way that they'll allow you to regain use of your phone for things other than charging would be through a similar feature to the find my iPhone feature that mm. requires you to like input your Apple ID and password in order to like disable it. So I would think it would probably be something like that. Yeah. Well, there we go. And, um, We'll talk about another tech story later about uh, Android. They announced uh, a new operating system that's going to actually help you spend less time on your phone. And we have some other news today to talk about as well. But first, this week's episode of Millennial is sponsored by a site that makes your life easier. They are policy genius. They are the go-to place for anyone searching for insurance policies of all types. This is a huge no-brainer. We all need insurance for our home, our life, our health, our cars, even our pets. Yes, there's pet insurance. It saves you from letting those vet costs uh, get too high. Policy Genius is the way to quickly and easily compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. It's so simple, and they have a beautiful site. Earlier today, I went to Policy Genius and looked up pet insurance. Asked me a couple questions, gave it my answers, and I immediately had different insurance options for Brooklyn. And these are trustworthy, great companies. For example, it showed me a policy from the ASPCA that's rated 9.3 out of 10 stars. Why should you trust Policy Genius? They have helped over 4 million people shop for insurance and placed over $20 billion in coverage. And frankly, there should be 400 million people shopping for insurance here because it's just way too important and easy. For you to use. So if you've been thinking about getting life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, renter's insurance, pets insurance, any other type of insurance, go to policygenius.com. It's the easy way to compare the top insurers and find the best policy for you. You'll be saving time, money, and hassle, and it's free. Policy Genius, 
because comparing life insurance doesn't need to be a pain in the neck. Or a pain in anything else, really. Pain in the pet, pain in the rent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on to some news. It's official. A summit between North Korea and the U.S. is set to take place on June 12th in Singapore. This is something that's been building up for a few months, and we've referenced it on the show previously. This would mark unprecedented progress with North Korea on the world stage if Kim Jong-un truly does commit to denuclearization. Um, Skipping ahead a little bit, there's really only one way to ensure that we're on the same page about what denuclearization means and that they actually do it. And that would be to hold some sort of periodic inspection of nuclear testing sites. This is pretty much what an anonymous White House source confirmed, saying that an inspection and reward system may be implemented wherein we lift some sanctions in exchange for a positive inspection during each stage of the denuclearization process. Um, That's pretty much the best case scenario. And while I really, truly, honest to God, hope it works, I do have my doubts mainly because President Trump just backed us out of a very similar deal we signed onto with Iran. Um, Why are we backing out of denuclearization deals with one country and in the same breath entering into a very similar agreement with North Korea? Well, I mean, it, it would be a massive historic foreign policy achievement. And I think that carrot is just way too tempting for Trump not to bite on. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, And that's something that also kind of worries me, because in thinking about what the worst case scenario is, of course, there's the one that Trump somehow bungles the negotiations, um, or possibly that Kim Jong-un is just using this as an attention ploy on the world stage, because it wouldn't be the first time North Korea has done that. Um, It's not that previous presidents didn't have the opportunity to meet with North Korea, It's that they and their policy advisors opted not to. North Korea has been seeking a summit with the sitting U.S. president for over two decades at this point. Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama all declined meeting with North Korea after extensive pre-negotiations that failed to convince them that North Korea was actually invested in denuclearization. So I don't know what to expect here. I know that I have my own personal biases against this. Um, however, I would like to think that those are rooted in the history that tells us that in the past, this has not worked. I think that that's kind of what worries me about this a little bit too, because so much of what they feed out into the world, because everything's so privatized and behind closed doors, um, is propaganda to kind of convince people that everything is fine, you know? So if that's the case, like, already, then why wouldn't that be the case here? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, North Korea has historically liked to do all kinds of things to get attention. I mean, that's what North Korea does when they take political prisoners, for instance. They'll take a few prisoners, and then they make a big deal out of it. And then the U.S. sends some high-profile official over to get them out, and they release them. This whole bait-and-switch thing is not uncommon for North Korea. Um, I will say, 
just simply meeting with the leader of North Korea is a historic moment, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum and what you think may come as a result of this. The fact that our countries are actually having a summit and speaking to each other is remarkable. You can't deny that. Can we just not award Trump the Nobel Peace Prize for this? I've already heard talk of that. And I'm like, oh, my God, please, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it depends on what the outcome is. I mean, it's entirely possible that they could meet and there could be a lot of talking and then a whole lot of nothing comes out of it. I'm not sure that the Nobel Peace Prize Commission would (laughs) award him anything for that. Um, The other possibility, of course, is that Trump could bungle this, as I mentioned earlier, and North Korea could decide to move forward with denuclearization, but partner with South Korea and China and totally close us out of those negotiations, which is bad for the US because it isolates us from our Asian allies. Um, And also a country like China, which by the way, like owns most of our debt. um, They have no business being involved in a denuclearization deal given its record of human rights violations. So Mm -hmm. that's also concerning. Yeah. So I uh, my fear here is that it just seems like there is a lot more that can go wrong than can go right. Like I'm thinking about infinity war here. I'm not going to give a spoiler, but that whole like 14 million possible outcomes and then one, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to say the rest of that line, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm just, that's what I'm thinking about here. Um, and even though it is historic and I'm very, anxious to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that it's going to turn out the way Donnie wants it to. And I also just don't have faith in his negotiation skills because I mean, yeah. Okay. Like you could argue if you're a Trump supporter that he was a businessman before he went into politics, but you cannot negotiate like a businessman when it comes to international relations, like it just doesn't work that way. It's not, it's usually not an all or nothing thing. Like everybody has to compromise Mm -hmm. in some way to reach, you know, a point where things might work out okay for everybody involved. And I just don't think that that's Trump's, uh, you know, general uh, negotiation tactic. Um, Unless he like talks a big game and and actually is a bit of a rollover and a pushover. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he always kind of speaks about how he's all or nothing. And we just need to like drive a hard bargain. And for the most part with countries that are hard to negotiate with, like you can't just like go in there and say, I'm not going to bend at all. So yeah. And I mean, honestly, it also depends on what everybody's definition of denuclearization means. Because historically, in the past, North Korea, as part of their demands for denuclearization, they wanted all US troops off the Korean Peninsula. Which that's not going to happen. No, no. But then also, we are not getting very much information from the administration at this point. All we're really hearing is we've had some talks that show that Kim Jong-un is open to a conversation about denuclearization. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that these two parties could come to the table with very different definitions of what that means. 
Yeah. Well, isn't the reason that Pompeo has been going there is to make sure that type of situation isn't going to arise? Or I kind of see Trump appearing there for the photo op more than any sort of negotiations. Like Pompeo, he's made two trips there now. Uh, in the second one, he brought back the hostages that North Korea was holding. Isn't it sort of like he's laying out all the details with them in advance so that Trump goes there, shakes his hand, they talk about what they've kind of already agreed upon, and then that's that? Yeah, presumably. That yeah. should be what's happening, um, which, to be honest with you, on Pope- Pompeo's behalf, I'm getting a little annoyed with all the gloating coming out of Trump because I'm like, yeah, Pompeo did his job. That's what all of this means, right. is that Pompeo went over there and did what he was supposed to do. Um, so hopefully, but again, it wouldn't be the first time that North Korea said one thing and then changed their minds or did something different. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be unusual for them to do that. But so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and genuinely, I genuinely hope that this goes well, because... Having a denuclearized North Korea will change everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll change our relations with Asia. It'll change the Korean Peninsula. It'll end a war. Like, we're still at war with North Korea. Right. Technically. And I really, really want this to go well. It's It's been more than time for North Korea to join us in the 21st century. Yeah. And I mean, even just from an American citizen living on the West Coast, their perspective, uh, it is kind of scary living in California and knowing North Korea might be able to drop a nuke on on the state one day. That crossed my mind. I mean, as with earthquakes, we just don't think about it. I thought about it, but I guess I didn't have much to think about (laughs) otherwise. Um, North Korea, North Korea also said they are going to be having a ceremony for the dismantling of their nuclear test site on uh, May 23rd to 25th, which I found very touching because May 23rd is my birthday. So I know how I'll be celebrating. I'll be watching that ceremony live as it happens. I'm sure they did it for you, Andrew. I'm starting to see, uh... A correlation here between Thanos and Kim Jong-un. Like, they both wanted to blow up the population easily. (laughs) One snapping his fingers, one pressing a button. Kim is Thanos. Don't insult Thanos that way. (laughs) Were you too sexually attracted to Thanos? No. Last week, there was a debate online over whether Thanos was thick with two C's, meaning bangable. That's not what thick means. Thick is like curvy. Yeah. But like in an attractive way. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you want to bang them. It's just like, you might look at that person and go, damn, like, he had to work for that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shit i shouldn't put this in the millennial trivia quiz. i didn't even know that <laughs> yeah i'm reading one of these urban dictionary definitions when a person has fat in the right places creating sexy curves <laughs> example this is from urban dictionary you see you see shaniqua over there yeah man she thick af <laughs> Why is it that anytime somebody talks about a black woman, the default name they give her is Shaniqua? 
Can we move beyond this? Uh, I shouldn't be laughing. God damn it, <sighs> white people. All right. Kim Jong-un, is he thick? No. Okay. Uh, no. He's something. He's not that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anyway. find Thanos attractive either. Sorry, let's get sorry. Sorry, I got yeah. us off track. No, 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 you're fine. Now, however, Josh Brolin, who plays Thanos, I'm not personally attracted to, but I can see how one would be. He's not an unattractive man. He is a dad I would consider banging. He's like right on that line for me. Mm, I see. Between yes a, and no. A D I W C B. Dad, I, Dad would. I would consider banging. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Plus, yeah. he's and then he's in uh, Deadpool this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's quite the uh, star this month. Avengers and Deadpool, good for him. Anyway, we're just gonna have to keep an eye on the developments surrounding the U.S. North Korean summit. Oh, I thought you meant the uh, universe as we know it in terms of Marvel. But yeah, that too. Well, also the universe as we know it in terms of (laughs) the universe. (laughs) Pam, what else is going on in the news? Uh, So we have a story coming out of Texas over here involving involving an art school teacher named Stacey Bailey, who's been teaching for 10 years. Uh, She's an elementary school teacher, and uh, she teaches art in the Mansfield Independent School District. She's won two teacher awards of the year since she started in 2008, but uh, that didn't matter a few months ago when the district put her on administrative leave for... um, showing her class a picture of her girlfriend and then when asking who that woman was replying with that it was her future wife so apparently the school is arguing that uh it was kind of uh bias and controversial in the sense that like she was kind of pushing her agenda on her students and because of that she's actually uh suing the school district so uh this is kind of like i can't believe that this is something that's still happening And I guess that, you know, a lot of parents out in conservative areas would argue that, you know, children are too young to uh, be like, uh, you know, shown like uh, homosexual couples and things like that. But it's just like, it's so prevalent now in the United States. Everybody's like out and proud if they want to be that maybe it's just me living in my San Francisco bubble, but I just can't believe that this is a problem and that somebody was put on leave because of this. This is like ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, don't students and teachers usually have good relations in the classroom? So I'm wondering why the students would want to tattle on their teacher or complain to their parents. Um, I honestly doubt it was like complaining because that's kind of like what you were mentioning the school was saying here, which is that it her admitting this prompted students to voice concerns to their parents, and I assume it was probably more like, mom, um, you know, my teacher has a wife. Like, is that normal? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily complaining. That's just asking questions that sometimes parents are uncomfortable a- asking. But Well, and maybe the parents and the administration should step in at that moment and say, yeah, and that's allowed. That's okay. Like, why don't they be the freaking adults here and take the high road 
instead of coming out with this statement saying that, uh, you know, she told the kids instead of not bringing it up, which apparently is their guidelines. Their guidelines are requiring that controversial subjects be taught in an impartial and objective manner. So what are they saying? She had to say, yes, I am about to get married to this woman, but there are straight couples out there too. Would that make it impartial? Yeah, it'd be like stating the obvious. Did you guys have um, like gay teachers at school? Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I did too. And it was it wasn't like a big deal when we found out, hmm. you know, what age were you? Um, well, I, I think like, it's hard to remember back to like elementary school, but in middle school, I had a math teacher who was gay and his, him and his partner were actually parents and they had adopted a little boy. And I didn't actually realize that that was the case until I got into high school. And then we had a few uh, gay teachers in our high school as well. But it just wasn't like, it wasn't a thing, you know? But also, like, I grew up 15 minutes away from San Francisco, and we learned about things like Harvey Milk and Stonewall and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm not the best barometer for this. Yeah, I mean, I had um, a gay teacher when I was in elementary school um, and then another one in high school. Although I will say this was in Texas and Georgia. So I in they weren't out in either case, um, and they didn't talk to their students about their partners. So I think most people didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, it should never have had to be like this for anyone, but particularly now that <laughs> right. gay marriage is legal right. across the country. I'm very confused about how this could be considered a controversial subject. It's not like the teacher had the students debate the merit or the merits of gay marriage. She simply stated, this is my future wife. I guess if, if I am to be defending the administration, they're saying this came unprompted. She, for whatever reason, decided to show her class a picture of her girlfriend. What, what preceded that? I'm wondering. Not that that makes it okay, but I'm trying to figure out how... Did she just walk in with a picture one day? Like, hey, check out this woman. I'm going to be her wife. Probably not. I mean, I used to be a teacher. And when you have a really good rapport with your students, they're curious about your life. So somebody might have just asked her, like, maybe it was already common knowledge amongst her students that she was getting married. Mm -hmm. Because I certainly had teachers who would come in like after the weekend and tell us they got engaged over the weekend. Like they would tell us at the beginning of class and stuff and we'd be all excited for them. So maybe that's what happened here. Or maybe it was like, do you have a boyfriend? And she was like, no, but I have a girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. When I was in elementary school... In elementary school, I definitely, I don't think gay was like that word was even being said around school. I don't even know if I was thinking about like, like I know I wasn't considering myself gay at that time, but I don't think I ever looked at somebody else and was like, oh, they might be gay or they look gay or my teacher's gay. I had none of that. In middle school, though, still didn't have any teachers who were gay. And to, as far as I know, none of them ended up. <clears throat> being gay 
But there were a couple students who clearly you could identify as maybe being homosexual. <laughs> um, and that's, of course, why it started being a derogatory term as well. You're gay. But, yeah, it was just never... Because, like, if this situation arose at, at, at my school, and, of course, this was in New Jersey, not the South, where things are different, I don't think it would have been an issue at all. Do you guys remember the word gay being thrown around in elementary school, middle school? Like, were you thinking about who was gay, who was not? No, but I remember the word gay being used as a pejorative. Uh, I mean, I and I was even guilty of this as a child because... Other right. kids did it, so I picked up on it, and you would throw around, like, oh, you're so gay, as, like, yeah. an insult. And I I definitely said that not having any idea what it meant until one day I said it, and my mom heard me, and she went, really? what? And, like, sat me down and was like, do you know what being gay means? And I was like, no, and she explained it to me. And also told me, like, a lot of our really good friends are gay, so you should probably keep that in Aww. mind before you throw it around as an insult. And that's how you parent. Yeah. I think that, like, it was I, – I don't remember ever using it. I might have, but I definitely – it was something that I took more notice of after my one of, like, my best friends uh, came out to me. Uh, he was not necessarily coming out to the world, but he didn't want he did want certain people in his life to know because it was a big part of his identity. And um, and I didn't realize like how big of a deal that was. It must have been like 14 or something like that at the time until like looking back on it. Now I realize that like it was a big deal for him. Um, and so after he did tell me he was gay anytime somebody used it it was like oh like maybe you shouldn't do that like there's so many other words like you're a smart cookie like you can figure something else out you know and that was kind of how i would go about it but it's kind of funny how like when you're young you don't really put a lot of thought into the weight of words until maybe you realize how they affect other people around you or how they affect people you care about i wonder if it's used as much in elementary or middle school or high school today well, I will say that, like, my little brothers and sisters, because I, like, we have four half-siblings and they're a little bit younger than us, like, when they were growing up, definitely, like, they would use it all the time. Um, and we would, you know, try and tell them, like, oh, maybe that's not, like, something, like, that's nice that you should say because, you know, something shouldn't be so gay because gay is not a bad yeah. thing. And it's a phase that they grow out of, but definitely, like, punk 12-year-old boys, like, you know, because 12-year-old boys are, like, right. awful. And I think like they're the worst perpetrators of bad words. Unless you know somebody <laughs> so. who is gay, then maybe you don't use it. Because like I, I have a like fourteen, fifteen year old one of these Finsta one, one of these Finsta kids. Uh, he's a cousin of mine, and he's a punk. He's a he's a brat. He gets into trouble all the time. But I feel like because I'm gay, and actually somebody else in his family is gay, maybe maybe he doesn't use it. I'm hopeful. You know, you know yeah. what I was thinking the other night since I just became an uncle? I wonder when there will be that moment where my sister is like, Andrew likes guys. You know? I feel like, at you know, like, especially like with, like, because it's your sister, I, I would assume 
that it's going to be one of those things where it doesn't even need to be said because it, it's like so normalized. That it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Uncle Andrew. Like he has a boyfriend right. or that's Uncle Andrew and Uncle, you know, whatever your husband's name yeah. is. Uh, Pat. My husband's name is Pat. There I you find go. It- that's Uncle Andrew and Uncle <laughs> Pat. You know, he just won't think about it or she won't yeah, think about he- it. I find it I find it so beautiful that because you always you always hear you aren't raised to hate that's that's taught that's instilled in you based on how you you were raised like that kid will never know a world without somebody he knows who uh, isn't gay that's kind of beautiful if only we can extend that to racism and other things around children growing up. Wouldn't that be oh, great? Would. Anything else to say here? I hope she yeah. wins. Me yeah. too. <laughs> uh, by the way, she was transferred to a high school in the district this month where I guess the kids can handle learning about a female teacher having a girlfriend. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. All right, well, moving on. We have a new sponsor this week. They are actually... I'm so excited they're sponsoring us. They are my favorite luggage company away. They've created the perfect suitcases. When you're looking for a suitcase, you're looking for something lightweight that has four wheels so it rolls nice and easily, that has a smart interior for optimal packing, and for something that looks good. Away created that suitcase and added features you didn't know you needed. For starters, all of Away's suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and still very lightweight. The interior features a patent-pending compression system, helpful for overpackers. It is so amazing. The compression straps shrink down your clothing so you can fit more in less space. I use this every time because we all overpack. It has a TSA-proof combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. It has a removable, washable laundry bag to keep those dirty clothes separate from clean. And there's one more feature that makes my geek heart sing. Ladies, when you're traveling, you worry about your phone running out of battery, right? Always. Oh, yeah. Both sizes of the carry-on have a USB battery built in. What? So while you're on the move, you can what? charge your phone, your tablet, your e-reader, anything else that's powered by a USB cord, and a single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. Game changer. Obviously, exactly. It's so helpful. It's, this is what sold me on them. I, I found out about Away about a year ago, and once I saw that, I was like, I need that. I mean, I just bought a suitcase and I think I need that too. Return it. Return <laughs> it right now. And and the Away suitcase is a smart buy that will leave you with peace of mind because it comes with a lifetime warranty, a 100-day trial, free shipping, and the carry-on sizes are compliant with all major airlines. So this is a very safe bet. I love my Away suitcase. Absolutely love it. I want you to get one of these, and I'm going to get you a discount. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L during checkout. Again, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash M-I-L-L and use code M-I-L-L at checkout. You will not regret it. Get rolling with me and away. Uh, any 
anyway, one more story to talk about, and this, again, is a tech story. Um, so we talk about Apple a lot on here because all of us use Apple products, but Android does some good stuff, too. And this week, Google announced their next operating system. It's called Android P. They're not releasing the full name yet, those teases. It's due out later this year, and it's going to help you spend less time on your phone. It's going to have a new dashboard that tells you how often, when, and for how long you're using every app on your phone. It will also allow you to set limits on yourself. You can give yourself a half hour of Instagram per day, for example, or just one hour of Facebook. And then once your time is up, the icon will go from its usual colors, those eye-catching colors that draw you in, that make you want to tap it, to a dull grayscale. And they're calling this and these other features a uh, new service called Digital Well-Being. I think it's very cool, right, that, that phone makers are finally trying to make you spend less time on your phone. They realize now that we spend too much time. Can they do this with alcohol? <laughs> like af- after x amount of drinks just make it less appealing well isn't that what your stomach's drinking. supposed to do yeah supposed to <laughs> <laughs> i i love this idea and i'm sure apple's gonna copy this in the next couple of years it we really do need to be spending less time on our phone and i think this is a topic we could actually talk about forever um it's going to let you set, see other stats which may disturb some of us i think it will let you see how many notifications you receive how many times you unlock your phone and how much time you spend in every app you'll be able to see the details for each one would you be afraid to learn this yeah i don't really <laughs> yes. want to know <laughs> But you should, right? That's what that's what makes us accountable, and that's what forces changes. Yeah. Sometimes I take a little peek at like which apps are eating away mm. at most of my battery on my phone, you know, because you can do that mm-hmm. with the iPhone right now, and that's probably not indicative of what I check like the most and what I spend most time on. But it's pretty accurate, I think, because when I think back on like how many times I opened each one, it's like, oh yeah, of course, like. Twitter today ate away at like 43% of my battery because like XYZ happened in the news. You know what I mean? Half of your battery was used to look at the cesspool that is Twitter. On Friday, it was when Fox was busy canceling all the shows. Yeah, we should have spoke about that on today's episode. It's been a rough week for television. But um, but yeah, I'm really, uh, like I said, I really hope to have this over on Apple. I think... Sort of like how they, they do the calorie counts on menus now in restaurants. You see that and you and you pause. If I see how many times I unlock my phone, which I guess would probably be... There's a study I actually have in this doc. It estimates it to be around 80 times per day. If I saw I was unlocking my phone 80, 100, 120 times in a day, probably more. I just think about how many times I lift my phone. Like, ugh. I, I would probably be disgusted by the true number. And then notifications too, because like, if you if 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 your Android phone says you read five hundred notifications today, if you're thinking about email and text and Facebook Messenger, these all add up. I could easily see some people who talk a lot on their phone hitting five hundred notifications a day. Think about those five hundred little nudges that are tapping you on your waist that 
cause a, a, a moment of panic. You're like, oh, time to pull out my phone. That adds a lot of stress to our days. I think it's just so healthy to be taking in all those notifications. That's definitely one of the reasons why I had to go on mental health medication. You know what? That's what I was actually going to say is I feel like um, specifically for younger people, well, in general, for everybody, social media, especially like Instagram, it paints a picture of perfect life. And it that really has shown that it can depress a lot of people thinking, you know, like my life should look like this because this person's life looks like this. So if we're actively spending less time doing that, then I'm assuming that it would help Absolutely. kind of get rid of that yeah. skewed bias. It's so true about social media. I, I once heard somebody say it, it's uh, it's everybody's highlight reel. Like you only post the positive things. You don't post like the bad things that are going on in your life. Oh, of course. Right. Because who wants yeah. to hear about that? Maybe we all should, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Mental Health Awareness Week. So if there's ever a time to get dark on social media, yeah. this is the well, week. Well, some people do. They're just very cryptic. They do like the vague book. The subtweeting. Posts. Yeah. Ugh. It's like maybe I should just end it all now. Oh, God. I hope they don't <laughs> say that. They, what, what they, uh, yeah. There are a lot of attention seekers on Facebook, I think, as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And Twitter. I know this one person on Twitter, seriously, almost daily, talks about how busy she is. And I'm like, nobody cares how busy you are for your stupid website that gets no traffic. Give me a break. I, I just like cannot believe. She needs to validate herself. It's Am ridiculous. I thinking about the same person? No, no, you don't. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. So I was like, no. I feel like I know one person who falls into that category. I don't think so. Not this person. <laughs> but I know who you might be talking about. Uh, anyway, anyway. Laura, do you try to avoid how much, like, do you, are you mindful of how much time you spend on your phone? Um, Not during the week, but I've gotten into a habit where on Friday night after work, I delete all social apps off my phone. Whoa. And I leave them off until or until Monday morning so that I go through my weekend social media free for the most part. Um, the one exception to that is Instagram because I feel like Instagram is not the stressful – uh, upsetting place that Facebook and Twitter can be, especially with the news and politics and stuff like that. So I completely agree with that. And I think for that reason, Instagram is always the first app I load up because there isn't any news in there. It's just people who I am friends with and some celebrities and some like brand accounts that I like. It's just all, it's all positive. Instagram is always positive. Come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there are dark parts of Instagram, but yeah, for sure, definitely. Like you, you that's that is like the nice thing is like because it is catered to like what you spend the most time looking at. Like it's probably going to be things that bring you joy because yeah. you're looking for the aesthetic on Instagram, right? Like yep. my dog at the bar, or me yeah. putting my balls in Truett Kathy's face. <laughs> is that on your finsta no that's oh i'm proud of that one that the world can see oh it's that. on your real account yeah oh yeah check it out i missed that <laughs> gotta go double tap <laughs> oh, please do yeah. i'll be waiting i mean my instagram is literally the pictures fall into three categories pictures of whatever crazy colors i'm dyeing my hair that month yeah pictures of my dog or pictures of my boyfriend 
it's pretty much it. All yeah. things that make me happy. <laughs> yeah. What's your latest hair color? Uh, I just got it done this weekend, and it is blue, green, pink, and purple. Hmm. So it's like a cosmic color. That sounds amazing. It's really cool. Yeah, I saw that I'm on I'm going to go look for it. I double tapped that. <laughs> I was like, woo, I'm not jerk off to this later. <laughs> no, you're not, Andrew. I'm a girl. <laughs> it is. I'm just scrolling all the way back in my... I got... Sorry, this is a kind of a tangent. I got a deep like from somebody a few... A week ago. Over the weekend, I had double tapped somebody's Instagram post. Then I get a post. It's a gay. So-and-so liked your post. He liked a post last week from October 16th, 2010. He went eight years into my Instagram and liked a photo. Does he want to fuck or does he want to fuck? Yeah. That or is, he accidentally did it. That's something that I've done before yeah. when I'm like stalking somebody. And then I it's accidentally yeah, like a status or whatever. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, even if you unlike it, they're still going to get the notification. <laughs> I know. It's like sometimes I'm just curious about what my ex is up to. So I want to like look back and see. Uh, you were oh curious what your ex was up to eight years ago? No, but like a few, even a few weeks is kind of bad. <laughs> But yeah, that's my point. Oh, I just realized this is the very first freaking Instagram post that I made, and he deep liked it. I think he wanted. Well, that's okay. If it's the first, it's not as bad as something that's like right in the middle. But doesn't that tell me? Isn't he trying to subtly tell me that he went through my entire Instagram? Yes, probably. I I need to have sex with this man immediately. Oh boy, and I see my second oldest photo is me at a justin bieber concert okay time to move on i think all right before we move on now for a word from another one of our sponsors bioclarity andrew and i have been using bioclarity for a few months at this point and it has made a big difference for both of us although i've always had fairly clear skin not having a dedicated routine meant that i was also dealing with blackheads on my nose but bioclarity has really helped clear that up and reduce the visibility of my pores whether you're looking for a clear skin regimen or just a healthy skincare routine bioclarity has you covered and now offers two skincare routines the clear skin routine is best for oily blemish prone skin and targets the root cause of breakouts. I use this for the first month or so, and it really helped clear up my skin and reduce redness. And the essentials routine is what I'm using now. It's best for normal dry or dehydrated skin. This routine softens your skin with a lightweight, breathable moisturizer that won't clog your pores and also helps to even out skin tone. What's the secret behind this? BioClarity products are loaded with nourishing plant extracts and Floralux. Floralux is made from chlorophyll, that green stuff plants need, and is proven for soothing away blemishes. This stuff is like a green smoothie for your face. So now you can pretend to be a part-time vegetarian so all your hipster friends stop judging you for being a carnivore. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is an easy-to-use three-step skincare routine that's 100% vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free. Start a healthy habit and get glowing, clear skin. Just go to BioClarity.com. 
Our listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you'll need to enter our code MIL. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code MIL. Your face will thank you. Looking at some of the feedback on the Patreon live stream right now, uh, Whitney says, as a recent former high school teacher, I can confirm that they do still use the slur, referring to our discussion on gay earlier, uh, but I'm in North Carolina, so... so. Mm. And then Katie said, I heard that's so gay throughout middle school and high school and hadn't heard it much after that until I moved to Hawaii. My fiancé is quite a bit older than I am, and many of his friends still say things like that. I often overhear them saying things like, so gay, look at the mau, mahu equals gay slash drag queen, and other such things. I want to be called a mahu. In a loving way. Oh, doesn't sound like there's a loving way to apply that. Mm, I guess. But it's 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 like when a gay says to another gay, "Oh, that's gay." Like we're allowed to. Mm, I see. My boyfriend actually does it, and I'm actually not bothered by it. He doesn't say it too often, but like sometimes we just say it for fun. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, as an oppressed class, like you have the right to reclaim that. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I get it. You're gay, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I know. I suck your dick. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we are going to move on to a game of Devil's Advocate. For those who may not be familiar with this, this is the game where we take a topic from earlier in the show and we make the hosts argue for or against it. We usually ask them to pick the view that is in opposition of their own view Um, So for today's topic, we're going to argue for or against Trump being the right president to tackle this historic North Korea meeting. I'll argue for. So I want to let Pam go first, because Andrew, you've played this game several times at this point. I want to let Pam have the first crack at it. Pam, are you you okay (laughs) with that? Or do you want to go second? No, I can. I, okay. I'll just get it out of the way. Okay. Well, uh, but I would also have to argue for because I don't think that this is a good idea. That's a okay. So, if that's okay. Uh, well, okay. we'll just do a minute. How's that? Cool. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Starting the timer whenever you start speaking. Okay. So I know that all you guys are freaking out over this summit coming up. Trump is going to botch it, you think to yourselves. But you know what? This is actually probably the best situation because if you want anybody going over there to play Kim Jong-un's game, it's Donald Trump because he has no filter. So, you know, maybe Kim Jong-un, like in the interview, will find his unfilteredness funny and everything will turn out great and we'll get everything that we want out of this meeting There's really nothing to be scared about, to be honest. And, you know, if he's got a good sense of humor, then he'll just laugh it off and we'll come home unscathed. And we'll just be right back to where we started, which is, you know, again, best case scenario, because if nothing moves forward, then nothing can move like a million steps backwards. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I think that was pretty good, Pam. Good job. 
Thank you. Andrew. Yes. Well, I am very excited to see Donald Trump uh, negotiate with Kim Jong-un. As we remember, he has the highest IQ. Uh, In fact, he says, and I believe this, it is higher than his former Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. He can use his IQ to calculate Kim Jong-un's every move at the negotiation table. Therefore, he will always be one step ahead and ready to give Kim Jong-un the correct answers while negotiating. Uh, Also, he has also demonstrated that he is a calm and steady hand. When he sticks with a stance, he absolutely believes it. Hillary, guilty. Russian collusion, none of it. Mika, blood coming out of her face. Right people, both sides. Good people, both sides. He, when he says something, he sticks with it, and he's going to bring some decisions to the negotiation table that he will remain firm on, and Mm -hmm. he will not waver at all. All right, that's time. Okay. Uh, Good job to both of you. Andrew, I, I agree with you. I think Trump is really good at sticking with his policy initiatives. He never wavers. Um, except on immigration and gun reform. Don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) He's also the healthiest president that we've ever had, as his doctor was told to write down on a piece of paper. He's only only 230 pounds, guys. He's going to make it (laughs) to Singapore in perfect health, and he's probably going to get there and run a mile to amp himself up. He's going to get some of that delicious McDonald's Singapore food. He's going to get angry that it tastes different than it does in America. (laughs) But he's going to push through and do this for us. I thought Singapore was kind of a weird place to have this meeting, by the way. Well, I think the point of it is that it has to be on neutral turf. So, And Kim Jong-un doesn't really want to go very far. And they can't do China because that's North Korea's turf. And they can't do Japan because that's the U.S.'s turf. So what's wrong with South Korea? It's right over the border. Um, I think that they probably like things are looking good between North Korea and South Korea right now in terms of diplomatic relations. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that could maybe be a conflict of interest just because they're neighbors. Yeah. So, I'm, well, also, maybe maybe Kim wants to take the country's corporate credit card on a spin down to Singapore. Yeah, isn't yeah. Singapore, like, one of the most lavish countries? Yep. So, there you go. Perfect uh, for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you're ever bored, <laughs> go on Google Maps and go to North Korea and then zoom in and click on, like, a random restaurant. <laughs> and read the reviews here's one posted four days ago the curry was amazing i loved it but i didn't love how the supreme leader came and shot my wife sad face four star review anyway (laughs) oh man Uh, all right well i think that does it for today's episode of millennial we have a grab bag of stuff happening in after dark today on patreon.com slash millennial we're going to do surprise bitch we're going to talk more about uh, North Korea, ask them if they've 
ever had that uh, visited that curry restaurant over in North Korea with the great reviews. Um, I want to. I had this idea. I want to know how everybody gets through procrastination because I I have a way of doing it specifically with editing this show, it, and I have to do it otherwise I have zero interest in editing Millennial. Uh, so we'll just talk about powering through procrastinating. And we got some feedback for from uh, patrons as well. And then, uh, inspired by a Reddit, th- Reddit thread, we're going to talk about the most ground-swallow-me-up embra- embarrassing moment you've ever had while dating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's one single moment. I think I have a few. Well, share them all, baby. We'll take them all. <laughs> the rest of After Dark is canceled. We're just going to hear Laura's stories. I'm a very embarrassing person. I think it's important for our listeners to know that. To play us out today, we are going to play Childish Gambino's This is America. Laura and Pam, you two love this, huh? Yes. Oh, my so God. So good. Why? Why is it good? I haven't heard it yet. Give me the all. Go watch pitch. the music video. It just changes everything. Yeah, that's okay. that's the important thing. Is mm-hmm. I mean, the song is really good, but there is so much going on in the video, and there's a lot to unpack in terms of just social commentary about this country. Um, but I've also just been playing the song on repeat for the last few days because it's also really good. So, All right. Uh, Enjoy. One, one more plug for our website, millennialshow.com. Everything you need is right there, including links to our Twitter, our Facebook, our Patreon. We're uh, working on some new graphic art that we're excited to launch to introduce new people to the show so more on that in the weeks ahead thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura and i'm pamela see everybody next time goodbye bye Bye. this is america don't catch you slipping now don't catch you slipping now look what i'm whipping now this is america yeah yeah don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm geeking now. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on Giddy. Watch me move.